Welcome to the Alkaline Unplugged podcast. I'm Erin Parazuski, a functional fitness expert and holistic health coach. I am the founder and CEO of Alkaline, a health and wellness company that operates boutique fitness franchises across the U.S. I live in Menlo Park, California with my husband and two young daughters. I am joined by my podcast partner, Kathy Purnell, a master instructor at Alkaline and a former special education teacher. She has three grown daughters and lives in Los Altos with her husband, Jeff. Together, we bring you Alkaline Unplugged, a collection of conversations on a whole host of topics, from experts in the health and wellness field to the real, raw, and human stories of people like you and me. We look forward to bringing you content that will nourish your mind, body, and soul. We thank you for tuning in and look forward to your comments and feedback. If you like what you hear, we'd appreciate a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. As a disclaimer, neither Kathy nor I are licensed medical professionals. The materials and content in this podcast are intended to be general information and are not to be considered a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Welcome to Alkaline Unplugged. We're here today with Jim Stabile. Jim is a client at Alkaline. We're going to let him tell a little bit about himself. But before we do that, I just want to mention how Jim and I are truly deeply connected. Not in a creepy way. However, we discovered one day when he came to sign in for class and I asked him, I said, hey, listen, Jim, where are you from? Where were you born and raised? And he said, Santa Clara. I said, me too. I think I also realized that we were roughly the same age. Well, it turns out we were born in the same hospital. I was born in January, so I believe I'm older than you. Are you February? I'm July. July. Okay. <clears throat> July. Oh, I'm way older than you then. All right. So well. same hospital in same the same hospital. year. In the same year. Shout out. It would have been hospital. slightly better if it was the same day. day. Yeah. But yes. whatever. We'll let it. True. I know. But having people that are locals like this. Well, how many people around here are local anymore? Like, Nobody's native. No. Right. That's true. That's very Obviously, true. some people are native you too. <laughs> All right, Jim, but let's talk about you. Tell us about yourself. Um, sure. So um, I was, as Kathy said, I was born here in Santa Clara, born and raised in Santa Clara, and went to high school here, went to college over at UC Davis. Mm. Um, I've always been an active person, always been doing swimming and water polo and running and biking and I used to do triathlons and tennis, and these days I still do all those same things. Um, but there was a period of my life where I also did a lot of working. <laughs> so I, I worked as a software engineer for 34 years here in the Valley. Uh, various companies, always in the networking field, always doing networking. And recently, the last nine or ten years over at VMware here in, in Palo Alto, and I retired recently. Congrats. Thank you. Um, it was a fun career. And and as part of my working, as part of working in Silicon Valley, you tend to have um, access to gyms at, at bigger companies, whether it's VMware or other kinds of companies. You have access to gyms and for a pretty low cost. And so I did that for years and years. And then when I retired, I went on a hunt looking for different gyms around the area. Um, and I'm, I live here in Los Altos as well, um, it's where the studio is. But I went on a hunt. I basically put a pin on the map and said, anywhere within this radius. What was your radius? I'm curious. It was like literally about five to seven miles. I didn't want to go further than that because I wanted to be local. Yeah. Um, 
plus, you know, I, I do like a sense of community. Um, so, so anyway, I went on a, I went on a, um, on a hunt. I, I did visit a number of gyms. I did do some test exercises, test classes at various gyms, and they were all good, um, but they didn't quite tick all of the boxes for me. Um, so I came into Alkaline, and um, I think Aaron and I, you talked over email about what I was looking for, and you responded and so forth. And and I took the, I think it was the one-month special for $99. Yeah, good well, deal. Good deal. And so I unlimited number of classes, so I did all that, and I found it was actually, um, it ticked all my boxes. Um, it includes sort of the strength training, sort of strength training stuff, flexibility, mobility, um, functional fitness, as well as um, a little well some cardio classes. So um, while I don't need the cardio because I have outside stuff that I do, I do like the cardio because it actually does give you a more targeted, focused workout, which is fun. And interval-style training, yeah. which is non-impact, so safe for the joints. Yeah, exactly. So, um, um, And the other thing about Alkaline that I liked, uh, just being here downtown Los Altos, is super convenient for me. Um, so with all those things in mind, you know, I became a full-time core member for the last seven or eight months or so. So I've been, I've been coming uh, many times a week and it's been quite fun. So you could say you found a gym and we found a gym. (laughs) That was good. (laughs) And what have you noticed about your, your fitness, your mobility, your flexibility since you've been taking classes? Um, I've always had sort of uh, tight hamstrings, um, and so part of the things that we do during some of the aligned classes is we actually focus on some hamstrings, um, leg stretches, and, and so forth. So it's actually getting a little bit looser and a little bit um, stretched out, which is good. Um, so I'm able to find I'm able to do deeper kinds of exercises and get more power and so forth. Um, for things like tennis and even like swimming, which doesn't take a lot of hamstring typically, but um, um, it, it does help my shoulder mobility and things like that. Yes. Do you notice your core when you swim now? Yeah, uh, very much. Um, and we can talk about core a lot. Um, swimming does help. Um, core does help swimming quite a bit, especially when you start doing lot, uh, some big flip turns and you're pushing off underwater and so forth and you're trying to streamline before you surface. And then as you're stroking itself, the power that comes from your core allows you, and the stability that comes from your core allows you to focus on your arms and sort of get that pullback. Yeah, that's awesome. And la- you know, we do a lot of shoulder exercises yeah. in class yeah. and strengthen the lats, and all those things would be great for so, swimming strokes. It's great cross training, a lot of pushing say. and pulling and yes. swimming. Yes, that's right. Um, so part of my, um, as, you know, as I was working. And as I was growing up, I've always been really good with my hands, right? I've been um, doing lots of things around the house. I bought my first house here in 1987, I think it was. Um, and I've been a constant DIYer, do-it-yourselfer. Um, I've been constantly fixing things up and doing lots of stuff. Um, that's a handy skill. That's a handy skill. So um, probably about 20 years ago, I, when we bought our next house here in Los Altos, I did a number of additions all by myself, everything from, you know, pouring the, the concrete, the foundation, to the framing, to the plumbing, to the electrical and all that, all with permits and all that. Um, 
And after that process, I decided to go ahead and get a contractor's license. So I do have a contractor's license. Um, but my real passion is while it's building, it's really fun and I really enjoy it. My real passion is, is, is furniture making. I do furniture making uh, very intensely um, and very much with passion. Um, I have a shop at home. It's a full shop, fully rigged. I'm in the shop most days. Um, and actually before coming here, I was in the shop doing a bunch of stuff. Um, so that's sort of my passion. Then. And so when I treat alkaline as well as working out in general, it's all fun and I enjoy it. I enjoy playing tennis and I enjoy swimming. I use it to, to help strengthen me and prepare me for all the rigors of both furniture making and, and house building. Um, so those things come into play quite a bit. I would imagine when you're building furniture, you're often in a hinge. Uh, uh, yeah. How often do you hear our voice in your head saying, pull your abdominals in when you're in that uh, forward hinge? Uh, when you're planing a piece of wood, you have a piece of wood on the bench and it's in the vise and you have the plane out and you're stroking the wood. Sure enough, you know, you're actually using your core to, to stabilize you, but you're also using your muscles to, and in a hinge position to go across the piece of wood. That's Absolutely. Awesome. Um, what kind of furniture do you make? Um, it's, it's a one-off uh, high-end furniture. So um, are you familiar with like Green and Green uh, Architects? They did like uh, the Gamble House in Pasadena. If you're no, familiar with that. no, but I'm going to Google that as soon as we're yeah, finished so, here. Yeah, um, so I've been doing a lot of furniture like that. So basically arts and crafts furniture. Um, it's, it's, it's high-end, different kinds of woods, whether it's cherry or maple or walnut or... Lately, I've been doing a lot of curly maple uh, furniture. What's curly maple? That's so, kind of it's a maple. It's a maple with a tree that has grown in a certain way, where the wood has a very grainy. Uh, the grain of the wood has got very textured, um, and it looks like it's waves in the wood. So it has a certain chamoyance, a certain look to it. It looks really pretty, especially when it's finished. It looks three dimensional. Oh, wow. that's cool. Yeah, but is when you say arts and crafts, are you? Talking like shaker style, craftsman style? So, yes, but it's also kind of more than that. Um, I think uh, Frank Lloyd Wright, you've seen yes. some of oh, his yes. houses. Yes, yes. You've seen some of the furniture in his houses, right? Yes. So it's 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 around those kinds of pieces of furniture where it's the beauty of the wood and the beauty of the design that shines through more than like painted furniture or something like that. What yeah. percentage of the furniture in your house is made by Jim? Over half, maybe three fourths. Wow, that's awesome. Um, and, and I've done a few things for different clients as well. Good friends, friends and family kind you of You might things. need to do like a home tour. So <laughs> check this out. Yes. That's awesome. So how do people find you? Like, are you, you're like an expert in this field and so they will seek you out? Or do you like, are you, like who's your client? Like who are you? So mostly it's friends and family. So it's just really close friends. Okay. Um, so that's. That's who I will work with. But mostly I do it for my own pleasure and my own kind of house. So do you sell these pieces? So you're mostly using it for yourself. Mostly so for like pretty soon it will be 100% yeah, now that you're right. retired. <laughs> you know what's so interesting when I hear you speak about this is, you know, you spent a huge part of your career in tech, which is, mm. you know, I shouldn't say this, maybe it is creative, but probably not quite as creative as what you're doing now. So embracing both parts of your mind and your spirit. Kind of cool. I think, it, I think tech is creative. I think there's yeah. a lot of creative aspects to it. Um, 
tech, of course, is not very hands-on. It's basically all in your head. Yes. So when I design a piece of software, I can draw pictures, but a lot of it is in my head. So I have kind of a three-dimensional map of the software and how it works. Um, whereas we do something like furniture, it's very physical, it's very hands-on, it's very tactile. Yeah. You can look at it, um, you can see it, you can smell it, you can touch it. You know, it's it's very tactile. That's very cool. That's awesome. Um, so um, I got a couple of stories for you. So one of the things that I recently have completed was a retaining wall project. So I had to um, build a retaining wall about 30 feet long, four to five feet tall, at a, con at a block, concrete block and stone. In your backyard. Yeah. So the, the, the stone was all delivered. The stone blocks are about 75 pounds each. Yikes. And it got delivered about six or seven tons of, of gravel, stone and gravel. And I had to haul all of that up by hand, by myself, up a flight of stairs and put it in place. And I was doing it with two 50-pound buckets on each hand, loading the stone into it, picking it up and carrying it up the stairs, dumping it and going back between it all day. So at the end of the day, it was about 18,000 pounds of stone and, wow. and, and rock. So I was thanking God for alkaline. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I kept hearing you know, Lizzie's voice in the back of my head, tighten your core, you know, do your lunges, because as you're walking up the stairs with big, heavy pounds yeah. of, of rock and stone, you're relying on your core, you're relying on your glutes, you're relying on those lunges to help you stay strong and, and complete the work. How about your biceps holding yeah. those buckets? Yeah, that's too, right. right. That's right. Balance. Balance everything. and all that. Yeah. So that was, you know, I wasn't sore after doing that for six, eight, ten hours a day for weeks on end. I wasn't sore. It was tiring. It was a lot of hard work. But I wasn't sore, and you know, alkaline I think helped prepare me for that. Yeah, you have the strength and the mobility and all of the good things to allow you to do that. That's, That's right. awesome. So another alkaline story for you. Um, I just finished doing for my mother-in-law. She has a pergola. Uh, she lives in the she lives in the area. She has a pergola, uh, and it has it's a wood pergola, and it has wooden slats. So you can picture slats about an inch, inch and a half wide, and between the slats is about two inches of Air, right? So a piece of wood, a gap, piece of wood, gap. And that goes all the way up the pergola. And the pergola is about 16 feet by 16 feet. So it's pretty good size. And she had some corrugated polycarbonate. Basically, it's the, it's the wavy panel stuff on top yes. of it. And the last winter, during the storms, it all blew off. And so she asked me to go ahead and fix it. So we got some new stuff up there. So I was up there on the roof, nailing it, you know, screwing it down. And I'm standing there on those slats, and my feet are just big enough to go fall through the slats if I'm not careful enough. So I put a piece of plywood up there to help support me, but there's places where you couldn't do that. So I had to make sure to keep my feet in a wide turned out position. Oh. <laughs> and to go ahead and do the squat in order to actually bend down to go you know, drill a hole or put a screw in. So I was doing why turns out with squats to do the work. And I was thinking alkaline every second of the day. <laughs> That's amazing. That's awesome. I love to watch clients connect the dots between, you know, what we do in the, in the class. Yeah. And we try and reference that when we're teaching as much as we can without, you know, overkill. But never, then people come back and tell us stories like that. <laughs> so it's awesome. I've never been on the roof and why it turned out fixing anything, but that's no. a new one. You could, oh my God. you could see it, right? You mean you were just, yeah. you're yeah. just trying to straddle this, the, the, these pieces of wood at an angle so your feet don't fall through. 
and then you're having to go down and up and where was the perfect. photographer for that? Yeah, exactly. exactly. Right. We could have had you on. We were actually just talking about it because um, Kathy's daughter just recently got married and she posted pictures on Facebook of um, we were in a low, low, I don't know, squat Squats. position on the dance floor and the photographer captured it. I'm like, those are the types of pictures we need in our marketing, right? <laughs> That's like, right. how is this useful for life? Like you want to boogie down, you want to f- get on the roof and fix something. That's right. You need to be functionally fit. That's right. Right. Because if it's just made up fit, it's exactly. not practical. And, I, and I feel like if you can't connect or you uh, don't make the effort to connect the dots, it's not as impactful, right? Like yeah, when you're yeah. taking class, you can think about, okay, the reason we're doing this hinge lunge right now is I've got this big hike at Yosemite and I need to be able to, you know, navigate those hills effectively with strength and mobility and all those good things. So I love the fact that you're connecting the dots. Yeah. So I like about alkaline is it helps me stay strong and fit and healthy to do the things that I'm passionate about in my life. That's right. So it, it's to it's live perfect. better, move better. Yeah. And I appreciate that, um, that mindset, because what's cool about it is you spent all those years in an office yeah, and you worked your butt off so you could retire. And now you are fit enough to do something that you really enjoy doing. That also happens to be very physical, where I find a lot of people kind of just put their health on the back burner during those intense, you know, raising kids, career soccer game whatever else takes priority all those years and then they go to retire and they're too broken to be able to enjoy what they've worked so hard for that's right right. the fruits of their labor Uh, i will say that during working especially working on stressful times there were times where i was in the chair for 8 10 12 hours in a day and my back suffered yeah especially as we get a little bit older backs don't like that so why'd you look at me jen (laughs) (laughs) your backs don't like that and and now that I'm retired, and especially with alkaline, I think helping feels pretty good. So I'm able to move and do the things I want to do and be passionate about the things I want to be passionate about in life. That's great. Yeah. You're living your best life right now. It's fantastic. Um, should we? Do you have a, another story? Um, I don't have another one prepared. Oh, nothing? You don't have to be prepared. Look at how Aaron and I live our lives every day <laughs> from a certain spontan- spontaneous point. Um, um, either that or we could go in with the rapid fire questions well recently I went to Tahoe for a vacation a few of us got together and we went on some pretty good sized hikes felt great you know going up and down at six, seven, eight thousand feet up steep granite cliffs no problems it was uh, quite fun uh, glutes were not sore core was strong so it felt really good I have a question for you folks of a certain <laughs> Easy, easy. Do you find that um, whether it's like spouses, siblings, friends are a similar um, similar place in terms of fitness or does it get to a point where you're like, oh, I can't like can't go wherever with those people because they they haven't taken care of themselves and they can't do that. So interesting that you say that. So. I had the opportunity to visit with my two brothers in at Stinson beach this last weekend. And my older brother, Mike, who um, just turned 59, Mike, if you ever listen to this podcast, I'm outing your age. Anyway, just turned 59. And a couple of years ago, he was really unhealthy. He was 50 pounds heavier than he is right now. 
he's a foodie. He loved to cook, but he, and was working really hard and didn't spend any mm-hmm. time at all on his physical well-being. And I think maybe an, a trip to the doctor and the doctor giving him the what for about that changed the trajectory of his life. And now he cycles all the time. I wish he lived a little closer so he could enjoy the benefits of alkaline because I think he would really appreciate the um, full body workout. I also think he would really benefit from recharge, um, you know, doing well, a lot. We just need to open one closer to him. Again, I know, exactly. So anyway, yeah, but I feel like maybe it's, um, yeah, I, I feel like I surround myself with people who are like-minded in terms of, you know, staying fit and healthy so that we can enjoy eventually retirement, enjoy future grandchildren. Like I want to be able to get down on the floor and play with those little rugrats. You know, I want to be, I want to live my best you know, years. Cool Kathy. Yeah. Well, I want to be, I want to be healthy Kathy. If that's cool too. Yeah. I think that's cool. Um, what do you think is the difference? I'm I constantly wonder this about people there. We live in a very, cure focused society like mm-hmm. our health care is less prevention more cure but i do find that there are prevention minded people and then just reactive people um and i'm constantly trying to wonder like how does how do you become one or the other and is that can there be a shift from one mindset to the other we at alkaline we attract prevention minded people i would say more than anywhere else people who kind of get the big picture life is long it's a marathon not a sprint pace yourself take care of yourself rather than like burning out every last like whatever you've got every day and potentially having the the risk be much higher longer term i think sadly sometimes it takes an event to shift that mindset like in your own life and another's life either were you always prevention um, not so much when my kids were tiny. No. Um, I would say that shift happened for me in my mid thirties when I thought, okay, I want to, I want to feel better. Um, I think it depends on what you want to do with your life to some degree. Mm-hmm. Um, most, I think many people, especially in this day and age are very reactive whether it's the cell phone culture and everybody's on the phone and everybody's trying to do a thousand and one things and everybody's just going here and there really fast. They don't have time to wrap their brain around, hey, this is maybe not so healthy for me. Maybe I should be doing stuff for me, for my body to, to, to help age better. So I think people are very busy these days. And I don't think the cell phone and all that kind of culture helps a lot. Uh, I, I do think that some people are more prevention oriented. I know for me, I've always enjoyed being um, in shape and being strong and healthy. I don't like it when I'm when you get so busy at work that you don't get a chance to work out. The stress level goes up. The the shortness with my family, my my wife goes up. That's not good. It's unhealthy. Um, the 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 stress level with people at work goes up, and that's not that's not good either. So. I think everything has to be in a balance and working out and being at like a place like alkaline, it just helps you achieve that balance because, because everything is a continuum. Everything is a balance. It has to happen in your life. If you go too much 
towards sort of be reactive, you're out of balance in my mind. If you go so much, like you're working out every single second, maybe that's a bit too much. But there has to be a Extremes balance. Extremes in either direction yeah, are, are I, I, I think that's true in general, like like food as well. I think food balance is good too. You know, sugars and salts and and all these things are, are maybe okay for you in moderation, but don't go overboard. Right. I mean, yeah. Or get so, and like we talk about this in Nourish too, it's about a balance and we actually have like a five pillar mm-hmm. kind of model and um, the pillars are eat, move, sleep, hydrate, and connect. And if you're like, we, we promote balance and all those things. So if you're getting so crazy about what you're eating that you can't go out to dinner with your friends yeah, and enjoy it, that connection, exactly. then you're like, and there are definitely cases of that where people isolate themselves or they're like, oh, I can't hang out with you because I've got to get to the gym. And if I miss my workout, my it, world is going to self Exactly. Like I, that balance. I can't go out and have pasta with you because the pasta is off my, my diet, right? Yeah. Right. You know, once in a while, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, choices and, you know, not choosing whatever that vice is maybe every day but learning to to live in it's like the 80 20 right and also i think we live in a culture that doesn't necessarily promote self-reflection and so in terms of food you know if i'm mindful i can tell how i feel eating one thing versus another or the balance of what i'm eating i don't feel as good i also notice the same thing i sleep better and make better food choices yeah. when I exercise. Yeah. I think the recharge class that, that you have at Alkaline, where you spend you know, the first five minutes just doing the scan and a body check, where you lay down and you say, okay, how do I feel? Get your mind to slow down. Get your mind to sort of take a break, turn off for a few minutes. Which can be really hard for people. Really hard for people, um, but it's super important because you need to sort of check out where you're at right now. How are you feeling? What's going on in your life, right? Can you connect how you're feeling now to what you did the last three or four days? Maybe there's a correlation there. Maybe you need to think about that. And I think there's not a lot of credence given to that kind of slow down and and stop the world for, for a minute. Yeah, that yeah nothing in life slows down. Like your phone never turns off. The You know, like you can, everything is available all the time now. You can get food delivered at any hour you can i mean i just sometimes i do my grocery shopping online at 11 p.m there's no there's no 24-hour world now and everything's on all the time so you have to make the time to slow down and the reason we actually started that recharge class in addition to the physical benefits of the rolling which i needed which i never made time for because i was like the extreme type a Virgo. Um, it was like going all the time, running races, never who had time to stretch or roll or what a waste of time. Um, but we started it also because I realized how uncomfortable I was in stillness. Mm -hmm. And so I'm someone that when something's really hard for me or really scary for me or really uncomfortable, I try to go like all in, in making it more, you know, comfortable. It's a train, like, just like it, it, you have to train, like you wouldn't just get off the couch and go run a marathon, right? Like you have to get up, you have to start, you have to walk before you run, you have to layer on. It's the same process to unwind. So if you're amped up all the time and constantly go, 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 which is the way I was, it was really, I had to train myself to unwind slowly, just like I had to train myself to wind up for all those other activities. Like it's a learned practice. One of the nice things about furniture making, um, you get into this mindset, you get to this groove, you have to be present and you have to be focused on what you're doing because you have even sharp 
things in your hand, planes and chisels and saws and blades, and things are can happen very fast. So you have to be very mindful of what you're doing at that point in time. So you have to turn off all those distractions. You have to get into your head and sort of be focused on what you're doing. And all of a sudden you'll, you'll realize three hours have just gone by. Now I've made this small thing, but three hours went by. Wow, that was really fun. Um, and look what I did. But but you really had to tune everything else out. It's like a meditation. of Very stress. much. And so it helps you, helps me at least, slow down. Uh, if you're if you're going too fast, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to ruin a piece of wood. And maybe that piece of wood was completely unique because it came from a unique tree and it came from a certain part of the tree that you can never re get back, but you've ruined it. So you have to be deliberate in what you do, which means you have to slow down your mind. You have to get in focus on what you're doing and when you're doing it. So Our number one core value, pay attention. Pay attention. To what's happening right this minute versus, you know, participating in a recharge class thinking about your grocery list at Safeway. You miss out on half the down regulation if your mind is on the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. I, I will say that during uh, an alkaline session, a line, a line class, if you just were to walk by and you see people raising their legs or, 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 or doing, you know, some weight things, it doesn't look very difficult, right? Because you're, you're just, right? You're just walking by and people are raising their leg and they're raising their leg behind you or to the side of you. And, and it's true that if you were just to do that, it would, you wouldn't get very much out of it. But if you focus on what you're trying to do, what muscle you're trying to control, and get your brain to think about what you're trying to do, then your body will respond with the right movement, and it becomes really hard. Yes, it does. Yeah. So you can make it as hard as you want, or as easy as you want. Of course, if you're here, why not make it hard, in my opinion? Why not make it? Why not challenge yourself? But you have to do it with a certain mindfulness and a certain focus that you have to turn off the outside world. Just to your point, you have to be there and be focusing in the moment. Yeah. The intention, I think you go into it with and the integrity with which you move. But I agree because I, I see people, a lot of people actually will come into the studio and say, can I just watch a class? Yeah. Like, yeah, you're just not going to get, when you look at it, it doesn't look like, much, but the, it is the focus and the way the way we instruct, which I think is trying to keep people mentally engaged. It's like how I've had clients ask, new clients say to me, when's it going to get easier? <laughs> I say never, because the more you know, yeah. and the more you can stay really true to the alignment principles and, um, you know, work on the function of it all, it'll get harder, which is what keeps me coming back. If it got easier and I felt like I conquered that, I'd be like, okay, what's next? Like, what am I going to do now? It never gets easier. No, it never gets easier. You can just make, you can just make it more intentional and more focused and you'll feel stronger. Don't get me wrong. You're going to feel stronger. You're going to feel better, but you can certainly make it hard. I think maybe the word I would use as well, as well as all that would be nuanced. You can make it nuanced and you can, you can move your leg or, or adjust your angle slightly differently to engage the muscle you're trying to target even more. And it's, it's that awareness that you have to take with you to these classes that will give you the most result.
it's the finesse. Yeah. yeah. Which is funny because again, I've created like something that's super mindful, but I used to be the person that said, I love to run because I just want to put on my shoes and turn off my brain and go out and run. It's mindless. Like I can, I've got all this stuff going on at work and in my life and I just want to tune out. Well, I tuned out for 26.2 miles at a time and ended up with hip issues and all sorts of stuff because, and foot issues because I wasn't being mindful at all. Like I would just space out. And now the difference between, um, and what I get out of an hour of tuning in is like to myself and, and tuning out everything else, right? Like when you tune into you and you pay attention, you don't have time to think about a hundred other things on your to-do list. So it's like a, it's like a moving meditation for me personally. Yeah. And like, I feel like so much more. And then when I do go out and even I was walking to a concert last week and I had to walk probably further than I normally have to walk. Cause I usually just, you know, sadly I live in the burbs. I like get in my car and drive from point A to point B. We had to walk like city living. And I was like thinking about my glutes and my gait and my core and my posture. And you know, awesome. like if that can translate into everything else, I do think about my, I'm very mindful and I'm driving, which is a good place to be mindful. Yeah. Only we could get all the yes, everybody else, so and, yeah, yeah, about um, your positioning and what you're doing. But when I'm more mindful about my position, I'm more mindful about operating a. You know, it's like you probably with like connecting, being more mindful and present in your own body, right? Makes you more present in your woodworking. And when I'm more present in my posture, I'm more present as a driver. Also. Do the princess wave here and there, more. Um, but it just tunes you into everything. So it's just I, I mean, I guess I pose that question about like, are you born one way, like prevention mindset? Like, how do we get that way? Because I was not, I was not. So that's why it gives me hope that I can help people turn the corner. And just because you've always believed that like more is more with exercise or harder, faster, better. It's never too late to shift your perspective and completely like the last 10 years of my life, I feel totally different, like not, not just in my body, but in my whole approach. I wonder if it's a, life. I wonder if it's a youth mentality because when you're younger, you don't you're really invincible, think you're invincible. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, you don't really think about prevention. You think I'm going to go off and go ride the century or whatever. It's no big deal. I'm just going to go do it. And I think as we get, onward with life things change and perspectives change and you realize hey maybe i'm not so invincible maybe i need to like be mindful about this that's why i love seeing young teenage kids come to class yeah it's like get on it now like learn these positive habits now before you risk the wear and tear on your body and end up not being able to live the best life that you could yeah there's something about i think there's something about like early 30s where i think things change that's the early end of the spectrum yeah i think but i do believe it's never too late to begin again but i think it's that the belief systems are just deep even more deeply rooted the longer you hold on to them True. do you see any differences between men and women in terms of like the 30s this this kind of transition point do you see is, is, is there any differences there um between the between the two mm -hmm. The only thing I would say is um, sometimes, and both, everybody has like ego, right? <laughs> so that's like, that's one part. I mean, we tend to, I think the other thing is like women see changes to their body, like with 
if you're in like those childbearing years, I think sometimes that can like accelerate, like, oh my gosh, like men typically don't have like an event like that. That's so common across like, you know, you might have an injury or an accident or something that's like one off that happens to you or something from sports. But um, I think women really start to see Mm -hmm. a change of, oh yeah, things don't necessarily go back the way they're, they were before or whatever. So I think that might be one thing that like is more of a catalyst for women to think, um, think that way. I also think there's a cultural thing too, in terms of it feeling more uh, traditional or acceptable for women to go to a group fitness class versus, and, and Jim, you're a guy, so you can tell me if I'm off base on this, versus men, you know, maybe doing the weekend warrior thing, right? They're working, not that women aren't working too, but we tend to make the, carve the time out, I think, for that. Men will go out on the weekend and, you know, play around a golf or ride 50 miles on their bike, and then during the week, not tend to that as much. Yeah. I don't know. That, I don't know that maybe it's... is a gender stereotype, but... I don't know. I don't know. I've always been more of the, Tony's a regular exerciser, but I've always been more so. And it's like, it's non-negotiable for me. Whereas he could go like a few days a week. He's fine. I go more than three days yeah. without movement. And don't I'm like, terror. Like I'm don't sleep well. I'm yeah. cranky. Yeah. So I guess maybe it depends on the personality, but I mean, technically, like, brains develop. I think there is something about your um, brain development and age, right? Like, a male's brain is not fully formed till like, late 20s. 27. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So, I don't know. That could be part of it, too. But that being said, like, something about alkaline is attracting more men. Like, we used to be, like, 0% men, and now I'd say we're, like, 20%. So we're seeing a trend of people starting to get on board. We also see a trend in this area of like highly, you know, educated Mm -hmm. intellectual people that are um, really gravitating. Like I think really starting to appreciate the value of something that is sustainable and, you know, safe and good for you. (laughs) Smart. Yeah. My working title for my book is smart exercise for smart people, but we'll see what the editor thinks of that. Jim, what um, is your favorite format? Class of oh, class. I think they're all good. I do like the uh, cardio class. I think that has a nice rhythm, rhythm to it. Uh, you know, the 10 minutes or so of the warm up kind of thing. And then the, 30 or whatever minutes of the actual cardio. It the is, intervals. It is the intervals. Yeah, it is kind of heart raising, but it's also more difficult to some degree. And then the end, the, the, the 10 minutes of the kind of stretch and recharge at the end. So yeah. I think that's a kind of a nice thing. I, I'm amazed by, with, by the time I get in there and the time we're done, it's like, we're done. That was an hour already. I mean, that's, yeah, it goes by fast, fast and it gets like a little bit of everything because you have like the stretching, the rolling. But you know what um, an instructor recently said? It was Emma. She's like, I love cardio because it's so organized. I'm a very organized person. <laughs> so like, you know what's coming. It's it's like a little bit, I don't want to say like formulate, but there is like a much more, if you're someone who's very like organized in your brain, you have an idea without it being predictable because we, we, we switch the 
you know, kind of the sequencing. And but the, we always say, okay, it's going to be 45 seconds on, 15 seconds to get yeah. your breath. So if you're very much a timestamp person or somebody who can just wrap their mind around 45 seconds, I can do anything for 45 seconds, then I'm going to get that 15 second recovery. I think that's nice in terms of like a structure that you can yeah, wrap your mind. Structure. Yeah, yeah, that you can wrap, wrap your mind around. It's I nice. think the recharge classes, the rolling recharge class is also very good. I, I do. I like it. I especially like it after doing like an alkaline right before. Yes. Yeah. Because you get a nice, a nice flow. Nice flow. Uh, so that's actually, for me, it's nice. I've been rolling more at home, which has been very helpful. Do you roll your forearms um, like with the all the lifting and the woodworking? Like do I get- do. I I um, I do get tight forearms. Um, even today, I have kind of tight forearms for doing all this work. The, the, the rolling helps, the, for, the forearm rolling helps. Mm-hmm. I also find that the forearm is connected up into my shoulder, yes. which is connected into my trap. Yep. And so it's all kind of related. So if I just roll the forearms, it's probably not enough. I have to roll the Upstream. back and the trap as well. Yeah. And even your triceps, you can do it against the wall. Mm-hmm. Your triceps stabilize your um, shoulder too. It's all connected. It, you are a system of systems. It's, it's all interrelated, all interconnected. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's cool how you like figure that out too. Like when you roll one thing and then you're like, Oh, that's better. But now like I always like, I I'm really into car analogies. I don't know why I'm not even a car person, but um, you know, it's like the, the dashboard lights up, like you get one thing fixed and all of a sudden it's yeah. like, it's like whack-a-mole. Like yeah, ah, something else. Yeah. Up. yeah. I, I went for a massage oh, a couple months ago and I say, you know, my forearms are really tight. Could you, you know, look at that and you know, massage that. And so the masseuse, you know, did that and massaged it. And then he also, he said, but your shoulders are really tight too. I said, yeah, probably let's do that as well. Right. So he was able to detect type forearm. This is related to that. that. So it was all. And everything's like almost like a breadcrumb to something else. So you'll kind of like roll like, oh, my back hurts. Like I'll roll my back. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, well now I feel, you'll get like another hint. If you're, if you're listening or looking for it, your body will kind of tell you where to go next. That's kind of cool. That is cool. Yeah. Did you have rapid fire questions for Jim? Yeah, let's see. Jim, if you could get on a plane right now and go anywhere, where would you go? I'm going to Hawaii in two weeks. Which island? Big island. Fun. Fun. So I like the big island. It's nice and quiet. Contemplative. It's not so busy as Maui. Um, I do like the big island. It's, It's more... It's the newer ones, the newer island. And so it has... Sort of an older school feel to some degree. Uh, it's not as, as I said, not as crowded as Maui. So, so if I were to go on a plane, that's where I would go soon. Uh, I have other things on my list. You know, we've been to Scotland. I want to go back to Scotland. That was really nice. Scotland and Wales and Southern England. I want to go to New Zealand. I do too. Oh, that yeah. was that was yeah. mine when we did. It's the a long way to go, but I've heard wonderful things. I want to go to New Zealand. I, I'm going to have a lot of fun with that at some point. Yeah. Now but you're that, retired. You can go anywhere. Uh, yeah. I'm only what? like 80 years away from retirement. <laughs> <laughs> New Zealand's a good trip, but you need to do a lot of planning to get there. It's a long way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a long way. And once you're there, you need to spend some decent quality time there. Yeah. Would you also do Australia at the same time? Maybe. I, you know, it's called the ditch, right? Between Australia and New Zealand, it's called the ditch. I didn't, I didn't realize how far it was. It's like 3,000 miles. Oh, okay. From it's New not Zealand. that close. No. It's like yeah. cross-country. Cross-country, yeah. I did not realize that until recently. I didn't huh. know that either. It's hmm. a fun fact. Um, what's your least favorite word? 
Stumped him. How about can't or won't oh, or won't? I like it. He's got a can-do attitude. Yeah. Yes. I, in general, I'm a pretty positive can-do kind of person. So I, there's, there the one parallel between kind of writing software and doing furniture building or home building or whatever is problem solving. So whether you're at work and you have a problem you're trying to solve, that's just a quintessential example. You're just trying to just solve problems and write it in software and codify it in software. But if you're doing furniture things, you, know, you have, you're building a complex piece of furniture, uh, like I build, there's a thousand steps. You have to do them basically in the right order. And you have to get your head around what steps are you going to do when? And how are you going to solve this curve and how are, how are you going to make this curve that has to happen before this other piece gets made and it has to happen before this other piece gets cut. So you have to kind of figure it all out. It's like so a dance. It's a big dance. A big, yeah. It's a big puzzle. It's a big problem to solve. So, um, the, Your growth mindset yeah, individually. Exactly. We are a growth mindset organization. Yeah. So yes, we, we appreciate are. the growth mindset. Do you have any rapid fire questions? I was going to say favorite food. Uh, I, we recently went to the southwest of the U.S. Have you been to the, no? Uh, Southwestern food's great. So where did you go specifically? So Santa Fe, Taos, mm. Albuquerque, and those areas over there. The food is just spectacular. Really, it's making me hungry yeah. thinking about it. it I haven't been. Those are actually a couple places um, I want to go. Did you do, you did them in one trip? No, no. Oh, all, all, all those? Yeah. 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 Okay. So yeah. how long? Did it take? How long do you need in each place? Do you depends what you like to do. Do you you're gonna to want to do outdoor activities? Do you like museums and all that kind of stuff? Are you a museum kind of person? Um, restaurants. Restaurants. Like to eat. <laughs> so probably three days. In each three place. days in Santa Fe. Three days in Taos. Maybe a day oh. or two in Albuquerque. Go to Albuquerque sure, yeah. when they do the hot air balloon, balloon festival. festival. That's pretty you fun. Know, I grew up in a place with hot air balloon festival, the Adirondack balloon festival in upstate New York. And my mm -hmm, parents mm -hmm, had a balloon mm -hmm. party every year because we had a good view. So nice. I'm very, Jeff's grandparents very familiar flew with. hot air balloons and um, we have flown in France. And wow. You've been in hot air balloons? I have. I haven't. I have. And I'm height phobic a little bit. And it is the most peaceful. Have you been in No, one? I haven't. It is the most peaceful. Just that. Yeah. It's exactly. a very cool experience. I highly recommend it. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. So put that on your bucket list, people. Okay. It wasn't on my bucket list, but it is I'll, now. I'll add it on there. Well, Jim, I'm so glad so that you cool. joined us today. I'm sure we can do this again and learn so much more about you. So <laughs> stay tuned for part two of Jim's WL. Thank you, Jim. Thank you for joining another episode of Alkaline Unplugged. As a reminder, please leave us a review on Apple iTunes or wherever you're listening. Comments, feedback, and requests or suggestions for future guests can be emailed to info at alkalinestudios.com. We look forward to hearing from you.